Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the 40 Guard Labs Threat Intelligence Podcast. Once again, I'm very happy to introduce my co-host today with me, Omar Lakani. Hey, buddy. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Whenever we talk, it's, it's a good time. We always find some interesting topics in cyberspace. And today, there's something which has been on the radar for the last two months, which is like pretty much based around the move it vulnerability and i thought it would be an interesting topic to talk about you know i think this is really interesting because first of all um you know i had no idea that you know how uh how many uh, large corporations have used move it or use move it and the only reason i know this is because of all the uh you know news coming out about all these uh all these attacks around move it and all these companies that may have possibly had a data breach or, uh, you know, being, uh, being possibly compromised, but it's definitely like the who's who of like fortune 500 business world. Right. I mean, it's people from, uh, you know, multiple government entities to uh, large companies and financial healthcare, uh, education, oil and gas, like everyone is out there. So I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is not only, um, you know, pretty impactful, right? It's, uh, it's uh, you know, kind of dangerous, kind of scary because these companies, there's no doubt everyone probably does some business or has some information on, uh, you know, of theirs located on these company servers. And now your information is uh, possibly at risk and uh, just, uh, just commerce in general, right? I mean, like if oil and gas goes down, if education goes down, right? If people can't get into their classes, if uh, people can't make uh, bank transfers, it causes issues. And I think that's, that's exactly why, uh, you know, the threat actors are going after this type of vulnerability on, on a, such a widespread application. Definitely. So the application we talk about as, is move it, and it's used as the name success suggests to secure file transfers, uh, around different kinds of environments. So for example, if my company wants to share very confidential information with uh, with your company then this is a product which apparently a lot of organizations use as you mentioned it flew a little bit under the radar for myself as well um personally but now just looking at the the breached companies um we talk about 100 orgs plus and these are usually only the known companies in reality usually this number is much much higher um a, a lot of really big companies are using these at uh, this this product these solutions and the issue is on May 31st, so almost two months ago, researchers discovered a zero-day SQL injection vulnerability, which gives the attacker the opportunity to pretty much run any kind of code on these environments. But Amar, let's take a step yes, back. Maybe maybe you can walk us through what is exactly, exactly SQL injection in these kind of applications. Oh, you, you know, you got me. I was going to ask you the exact same question to like take a step back and let's explain it. So uh, let me let me take the first shot in that. So essentially what a SQL injection is, is it's uh, it's a cyber attack. It's a exploit that, um, you know, in a very simple manner, it uh, allows an attacker to, you know, put in, uh, you know, a query, some sort of user content uh, that is not validated. So, you, you know, normally you have fields and websites, you have uh, URLs and websites. Uh, 
uh, these all, uh, you know, these combinations of URLs, these little fields, these little buttons that you have bring back information on a website. And normally the website design is based on giving information that's expected, right? Like, I mean, you say, hey, when is, uh, you know, when do you have a next appointment available at a doctor's office? And it shows you like the appointment times that's expected. What's not expected is maybe, uh, you, you know, you put in a uh, query that looks something really strange and uh, the query basically is not asking when the next appointment's out there, but it's asking for a list of usernames and passwords that are on the system. That should never happen, right? And if it does happen, it's basically, uh, you know, bad user input. It has lack of uh, what we call input validation. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times that's done in quote code itself. That query is actually code itself, computer code, SQL code itself. So that SQL code executes. Uh, it's also sometimes called a malicious execution. And it uh, basically gives an attacker more information. Uh, now, that's its very, very basic, most simplified way. Of course, it gets a little more complicated. You can actually have it running code where you can uh, possibly get into a system, possibly do things like reverse shell, uh, web shells, other things as well. Um, do you want to add to anything to that? Uh, you think you explained it very well. The main issue is that the input is probably not properly sanitized. But then again, it's a zero day. And my first thought was, wow, SQL injection vulnerabilities in 2023. What a time to be alive. Because this is All something right. you probably have seen for, I don't know, two, three decades already, right? This is SQL injection was probably one of the OG vulnerabilities back in the days. You know, it was, uh, it's still something I uh, taught about in uh, many, many computer courses, um, uh, you know, at universities, and it's, it's still a valid thing. You're, you're right. Like, I mean, there's, uh, uh, there was, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, what is it called damn vulnerable web server, which is a VM. I think you can download that probably still works that teaches you like SQL injection. There's a few other, uh, you know, uh, VMs that, that do that as well, but those were really really obvious back in the day, right? You could do something like, like, you know, you know, zero equals zero or something like that. Like, like basically have a statement that's always true and, you know, and get a, you know, you know, and, and get like any type of data you wanted, the application will give you. These days it's a little more complicated. Obviously a lot of, um, you know, uh, so with, uh, so you know, secure software development life cycles, um, you know, we check for, uh, you know, SQL injections. There's a lot of automation out there, but it can still happen. Basically these applications are so complex and the so much data going into these applications, um, you, you know, what happens is attackers actually get very, very creative. They're like putting their code in, embedded in other types of queries that are already embedded in other types of queries. So, so they're already buried in multiple layers deep. And, uh, you know, the, it's, it's a zero day. It's something that was never supposed to happen. It was never intended to happen, but it somehow allowed this weakness to still get through. And uh, so uh, I don't, I don't feel like this attack is ever going to go away. Hopefully it'll be less and less uh, of an occurrence and be much more rare. And we are seeing that, right? We don't, we don't see SQL injections happen all the time, uh, uh, at least not on good software, right? Uh, so, uh, so I still think, uh, but I still think we're going to, we're going to see it for a long time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the end, it's software and no matter who designed the software, who developed it, software will always have vulnerabilities. The question is, at what point do we find out and how quick can we react to it? It's just a nature of the game you cannot create software without vulnerabilities without 100 percent vulnerabilities at some point something is always buggy or will be discovered by a specific researcher but i think the takeaway here is that this is such a major software which was incorporated in so many enterprises 
and their strategy about sharing confidential information. And if we put ourselves now in the shoes of a threat actor, this is a goldmine because first of all, it is a zero day. And as we have seen with zero days over the last years, they are being exploited very, very effectively because a lot of organizations cannot catch up quickly enough to patch their environments. And first of all, also understand where is this software actually being in place in our environments. And there's a group out there who pretty much started a campaign around MoveIt. And the group is called the CLOP group. And they're very popular these days. So they breached over 120 organizations all across the board. We talk about consulting, universities, banks, even security companies, OT companies. And the US government takes it very serious as well. As I saw that they offer a 10 million bounty on any information regarding the CLOP group. Yeah, you know, first of all, I'm I'm not surprised, right? I mean, like, well, you know, what happened is right away as soon as the Syria came out, everyone started looking, uh, you know, for exploits around this. Uh, and then we started hearing like, hey, uh, this is actually being exploited. And then what it turned out is like the major exploit was developed by the clock group. Uh, and as you said, you know, most likely, allegedly, uh, like a Russian-based uh, threat actor. Um, it looks like uh, it's uh, financially motivated. They're asking for a lot of money. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're, going, they're going pretty strong. And as you said, just because of, uh, you know, the, the nature of the attack, how widespread it is, and also probably because it is on, uh, you know, used by the U.S. government so many times, they are offering a bounty, like saying, like, listen, we want to get these guys, and, and I don't blame them. In fact, uh, uh, it's, it's probably one of the more aggressive stands that I've seen from law enforcement offering bounties to uh, go after a threat actor, and that's 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 pretty pretty interesting because what this threat actor did is right is they they essentially use a SQL injection to uh, you know get a web shell onto uh, onto these vulnerable systems. Um, once you have a web shell, it's really hard to see like what you can do after the fact because you can have multiple attacks uh, you know happen under that web shell, and it's really hard to really analyze them. But we know they've been doing things like ransomware. They've know we've known uh, you know they've been obviously taking and uh, taking out a lot of data. Uh, you know, threatening people to threatening. To to sell that data if their if their ransom is not uh, you know paid in time and uh, just uh, causing a big mess for a lot of companies. So uh, so obviously you know this this has a lot of far reaching effects because of the companies involved, right? It can it can actually uh, you know slow down like a company that's critical uh, you know in, uh, in in the you know in the U.S. or other places as well, and it could uh, you know start speeding up the recession or uh, you know taking down consumer confidence, and that can have wide reaching effects that are affecting billions and billions of dollars. 100%. And as you mentioned, CLOP is financially motivated. And usually financially motivated groups, especially if they go down the ransomware path, they will let you know at some point they hacked you. And that's what they did here. They put up Onion websites where they put the company logo. They were putting a lot of pressure on them. They made apparently over $100 million in ransom revenue already with, with that specific campaign. And this is just from the information which we have available. So in, in reality, usually these numbers are much higher. But then again, as mentioned, this is financially motivated attacks. Now, let's think about some threat actors which might not be about financially motivated. It's more about espionage motivated. And usually these guys, you don't hear about them at all because they will not tell you when they hacked you. They will not get in touch with you and blackmail you. They will stay under the radar as long as possible. And they have now established initial access to a lot of organizations which are probably not aware about it. So 
we always hear about the numbers of companies which got hacked, but I think in reality, this is just a very small subset of the overall picture. Yeah, and you know what's scary about this is when we hear about such public attacks, it's sometimes hard not to imagine that, uh, you know, at least some uh, state-sponsored uh, uh, groups, uh, you know, maybe intelligence groups from multiple countries, they might have known about this vulnerability, you know, well before it was public, and maybe they were already taking advantage of that. And you're right, we'll never hear about that. Maybe they've already gotten a lot of information. Maybe they've been using information. Um, it kind of sucks for them, right? Because it takes away one of their, uh, no, you know, avenues of gathering intelligence. But, uh, you, you know, uh, just remember, it. it uh, it can be uh, governments and uh, political affiliations you agree with and ones that you don't could be using the same vulnerability. So uh, that always could be could be an issue. I got a feeling that it probably wasn't that way because it seems like there was a lot of government agencies that were affected by this vulnerability. So I would I would figure they would probably have cleaned up their own stuff or at least made that a little more difficult. But, uh, you know, maybe you never know. Maybe they don't want to give things away either. So uh, it's always interesting to kind of think about that kind of stuff. But um, everything we're talking about in that regard, as you you said, Jonas, uh, we'll never hear about. It. We can only guess on some things, and things sometimes do leak out, you know, once in a while. So it lets us, uh, lets our imaginations run wild, and we can kind of guess where things might have gone to, but we'll never know the real story behind that. Yeah, and, and, and I like how you summarized that. And on top of that, I want to add, we're still in the middle of it, in my opinion, even though this vulnerability has been known now for two months. Historically, when we track these vulnerabilities, this is not the end of vulnerability and it, the traffic is slowly slowing down because we're still in the midst of it. And I think if we check week by week the amount of victims which get announced on these Onion sites, it's still rising qu quite a bit. So it will be interesting to track how this moves on, but it definitely makes a good point for how important proper patch management, supply management is in the end when it comes to these kind of attacks. Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. Uh, just, just you know, normally when we hear about an attack and it's been two months, uh, we normally kind of forget about that attack and it's kind of being patched. Um, and there, there is, I mean, there's definitely this urgency to to patch move it. Um, you know, it has multiple components, right? It has cloud-based component, it has on-premise components. So depending on your implementation, it may be difficult or easy for you to patch. But um, you're right, I don't think we definitely uh, heard uh, the last of this impact because first of all, uh, I'm sure the attackers, even Klopp, they've probably attacked so many organizations and they're probably like just slowly kind of getting to it. I mean, I'm sure they even have some management uh, challenges, like if they're, uh, you know, ransoming so many different corporations. So they're probably slowly getting to it. So we probably haven't even heard about um, anywhere close to, uh, you know, the number of attacks that have been successful. And then on top of that, um, you know, you know, everyone else, like, it's not just cop, like, like, you know, there's gonna be a lot of copycats out there. There's gonna be a lot of people that are, you know, even wondering if the application has been patched, how well has it been patched, right? Uh, I mean, SQL is one of those things you can start manipulating the data, the data query. So, uh, you know, if they're if they're just patching against a certain query, a certain input, maybe there's another way to hide that. They, everyone's going to try that. They're going to see if there's other places, you know, some uh, other complementary services around SQL that they can attack as well. So uh, it just invites that. And um, I definitely think this is going to be the attack of uh, 2023. Uh, it's also going to be the attack that kind of excuse me, flew under the radar for a lot of people. I think people just didn't really realize the impact that uh, this application has. And it, and I don't think they'll realize fully the impact of the tax. So um, I think this is definitely going to be a case study in 2023. 
Yeah, and we are monitoring it very, very closely at 40 Guard Labs, of course, and keep everyone updated about recent and upcoming developments on our blogs and websites. But I think for now, we we have a pretty good idea about what is happening, and uh, hopefully it doesn't really get even more out of control than it already is. Absolutely. Amar, once again, it was, was really good talking to you. Thanks for, for your insights, and I'm looking forward to the next episode of the Threat Intelligence podcast. Hey, sounds good, buddy. Sounds good. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful day, and take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.